My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate and teach you. So call me, 1-800-743-CBC, or tweet me at Jim Kramer. When you talk to grizzled veterans about this market, as I do, they all pretty much say the same thing. With unemployment spiking to record levels, we're hearing 47 million people could lose their jobs, resulting in 32% unemployment. Stocks will soon collapse under their own weight. According to Morgan Stanley, we could be looking at a 25% contraction in our gross domestic product. My money manager friends were all glued to their machines, son. They glued them. Why? Of course, like every Sunday night, they expected the futures to be down the limit. So how the heck could the market rally today? I mean, Dow gaining 691 points, S&P climbing 3.35%, NASDAQ pole voting 3.62%. Simple. Because American science is at last in play. Science that may allow us to not only contain this virus, but actually one day beat the darn thing. Look, I by no means want to disparage the extraordinary efforts we're making to get the pandemic under control, to bend the curve, so to speak. It's absolutely essential. It's why I've been calling for a national lockdown, much as it may rankle some. We still have too many people gallivanting around like nothing's wrong. More than 1,200 New Yorkers have died from this thing in a matter of weeks, most of them in the last few days. And they all got it from someone. New York City's a travesty. The mayor waited way too long to impose the lockdown. Now we're all paying for it. So I think a nationwide shelter-in-place order would make a huge difference in the course of this pandemic. I want a nationwide travel ban, too, except for medical professionals. It's true the traffic has dropped precipitously, but there's still too much of it. We need people to stay in place, not spread this thing everywhere. We also need to solve this mask conundrum. On Friday, we spoke to the CEO of Owens & Minor, makes the he said hospitals that normally order 20,000 masks are now ordering 200 to 300,000. Now, the president suggested this weekend when he had the same executive uh, in the Rose Garden that these hospitals must be doing something maybe even nefarious with them because the orders were so huge. Actually, I think it's a spike in demand. Spike in demand simply because nurses and doctors constantly need to change their masks to stop this insidious virus from spreading. That's why we need we need a billion Masks and gowns, that must be our goal. One billion masks and gowns, and we should do whatever it takes to make them or get them or procure them. I don't care. It's unbearable seeing in America doctors and nurses wearing garbage bags because they don't have enough personal protective equipment. Shame on us. We have to be better than that. Most importantly, we need testing, and then we need testing and more testing. We happen to have Abbott Labs on tonight, and they just rolled out a five-minute test for COVID-19. That's the game changer. Maybe it'll finally let us get ahead of this. Once we can tell who has the disease and who's recovered from it, we can start gradually opening up our economy again. Finally, until we lick this thing, we need a 90-day pledge from big business that they won't lay off workers as long as the government can help pay some of their costs. It's a tough nut to crack, though. Some businesses just can't afford it. We're just Macy's furloughing nearly uh, all of their 130,000 employees. That's how you can contain this pandemic and help mitigate some of the economic damage. But so far, we haven't been doing that great a job. 
So what explains this rally in the face of some truly grim predictions? At the end of the day, bending the curve won't beat this virus. We have to do it because it could save millions of lives, but it's not a, but it's not a long-term solution. There's only one thing that can stop this economy from tumbling into a coronavirus-induced depression, and that is science. We need a cure or a vaccine. And in the last 24 hours, we've gotten some serious go-aheads when it comes to potential treatments. First, the FDA granted emergency approval for hydroxychloroquine. That, uh, there are some preliminary but non-peer-reviewed studies suggesting this uh, anti-malaria drug can potentially stop COVID-19 in its tracks, especially when combined with, uh, as, well, the ZPAC, athromycin, azathromycin. You know what it is, the ZPAC. Um, and that's an antibiotic. Now, I, I am a little... Uh, I'm a little skeptical on this one. Uh, we know the president is hopeful, uh, very hopeful about this combination. Uh, these are old school malaria drugs. They're no joke. But the side effects can be severe. Honestly, uh, uh, things are bad enough that I think it's worth prescribing this stuff to coronavirus victims who don't have pre-existing heart conditions. But please understand, there are lots of people, really competent doctors, who say this is a dangerous combination. So please get excited, but don't get too excited. But get excited about this. This morning, Alex Gorsky, the CEO of Johnson & Johnson, talked about how his company is developing a vaccine that could be available early next year. The best part, the scale. He's talking about a billion doses, not 50,000, not a billion. That doesn't do us any good now, but it could be our salvation next year if nothing better comes along. Because this scourge is going to be back. You can't wipe this thing out in six months. It's coming back. Maybe we have something for it when it does. I wouldn't rule out something better, though. Roche's testing activates as a stroke drug could work against COVID created blood clots in the lungs. Perhaps the most promising, the work Regeneron's doing with monoclonal antibodies that directly target this virus. I think Regeneron may be our best hope of beating this thing and allowing everyone to go back to work. Maybe one of Gilead's antivirals will work against this thing, too, although my money is on Regeneron. Of course, the clock is ticking. I know the $2.2 trillion economic life support package will help millions of people get through the next month. The provision that allows employers to get loan forgiveness if they keep their employees on the rolls is genius. It's going to really help the small business person and the people who work there. But we need some insurance. We need something big that will help working people, especially healthcare workers. That's why we need to spend a lot more money. Issue a massive 30-year COVID war bond if we have to. Treasuries currently yield next to nothing. The bond market's desperate to give our government money. The market would lap up a $500 billion beat the COVID bond with a decent coupon. Come on, Mr. Secretary Mnuchin, cue it up. The main thing, though, is that the federal government needs to spend. I know we're starting to hear about something that plagued President Obama's stimulus package, shovel-ready projects. Oh, give me a break. We simply cannot afford to go down that path. We don't need to get the best bang for a buck with the stimulus. We just need to give people money. That's it. In most of Europe, governments are just paying 100% of people's wages for the duration. If we want to avoid a depression while we wait for the scientists to come up with something, that's the kind of thing we need to see. Think big. I've been saying it from day one. Most importantly, we want testing and then testing and more testing. Forget shovel-ready infrastructure projects. I want a testing center on every block so that we know who's healthy, who's sick, and who's immune because they've already recovered. I want their blood. In the end, the way to defeat this thing is to stay at home, get tested when you don't feel well, maintain physical distance, wash your hands, get tested at home. It won't get people hired, but it just might keep you alive. I know it's bleak. I'm a natural optimist, and I fell. I felt it today. Separated from my wife. 
uh, by 28-year-old daughter who's an English teacher stuck in Madrid, of all places. Watching our healthcare system implode right before our eyes is devastating. Glad bags. Glad bags. Glad bags. America, glad bags. But the bottom line, today the market says that maybe, just maybe, there could be some hope. Unfortunately, tomorrow's another day. Let's go to Andrew in New York, please. Andrew. Hi, Jim. I just wanted to first say that I'm an anesthesiologist and things are really tough here in New York. But if, uh, if everyone does their part, like you said on a previous show, wash hands, stay away, we can get through this. I am with you. We are all with you. You are our frontline soldiers, and thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank my you. My pleasure, Jim. Anyway, my, star, my stock is United Healthcare. It's up quite a bit from its lows last week. Did I miss my opportunity, or is it okay to start a position at this level? I, I would actually prefer you to wait. I think this one is one. It's not that expensive, but it, it's one that just had a huge bounce in a V. They tend to pull back a little, go a little more W-ish, and then you'll be able to buy. I'd rather have you wait for this one. Let's go to Bill in Texas, please. Bill. Hey, Jim. Booyah. Booyah. So United Airlines seems to have had the biggest swing these past couple weeks compared to the other airlines. With the help of this recent bailout and talk today with the DOT, can we expect some decent growth soon, or should we expect to see another significant drop? Well, remember, you you have no customers. Uh, and you have a lot of costs. Uh, but my friend J- uh, James B. Stewart was on on Friday, and he was speculating that, listen, do you go for the most down and outers. Well, you're looking at it. So I may say this. United, just so you know, is different from, say, Carnival. People will want to fly someday. Let's go to Cynthia in Massachusetts, please. Cynthia. Hi, Jim. My question is about Bed Bath & Beyond. I started buying it at about $15 a share in January through to recently, and I'm down about 55%. Right. It's in the, yeah, it's in the news that um, it's been downgraded by the S&P by right. a couple months, and that the stores are closing in the U.S. and Canada until April sometime, until further notice. What should I do with this stock? Yeah, well, I mean, this is like many a retailer. Uh, Had there not been COVID, I think that the term would be self-evident. With COVID, uh, it's just a house of pain. Uh, COVID changed the game for retailers. And unless you're in one of the five or six retailers that I've been talking about that are going to take over the world, uh, a company that I like, like Bed Bath on a turn, it can't turn. Uh, we got to solve this illness. The only thing that can beat this virus and stop the economy from falling is science. And we're starting to see some promising progress on that front. In the last 72 hours, it's been quite hardening. On Mad Money tonight, Abbott Labs received emergency FDA approval for its rapid COVID-19 test, which can tell if someone is infected in as little as five minutes and is small enough to be used in almost any healthcare setting. Can you imagine? We're going to sit down with the CEOs, yes, old and new, to talk about the breakthrough. Then I've discovered a company benefiting the most from the current environment. I'll reveal it just ahead. And I'm talking to the co-CEO of SAP about how the company's uniquely positioned to help companies adapt to the new normal in the workplace. So stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1-800-743-CNBC. Miss something? 
Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. This is the most exciting thing that's happened since this period began. We can't get this economy going until we beat the virus. And we can't beat the virus without a lot more testing, testing, testing. Fortunately, late last week, we've got a potential game changer when Abbott Laboratories launched a new molecular point of care test that can detect the coronavirus in as little as five minutes. This is a very big deal and a serendipitous moment for the great American enterprise that is Abbott, right when the company's longtime CEO, Miles White, is about to pass the torch to his successor. By the way, under White's leadership over the past 21 plus years, the stock's giving you a monster 788% return. So let's check in with Miles White. He's the bankable chairman and CEO of Abbott Labs and Robert Ford, the current president. And COO who takes over the CEO job tomorrow. Gentlemen, congratulations and welcome to Mad Money. Thank you, Thank Jim. you Jim. Good to be here. All right, Miles, let me start with you because you are the dean of the entire industry. What kind of enterprise are you leaving Robert with? Well, I'm leaving with one right now that's going 24-7 trying to provide tests to make a contribute, contribution to uh, fighting coronavirus. I think it's a pretty strong organization, and I'm really proud of the management team and Robert for all they've been able to do and demonstrate. I, I leave a company that uh, is just a tremendous collection of great managers that, that can sustain our business and hopefully do something to help fight this virus. Uh, Robert, for the first time uh, in a long time, and I, I wasn't teary-eyed, but I so grateful because of everybody's lives being disrupted. When I heard you had this machine, when I heard you could do five minutes, I realized we're going to win this war. What we were missing was the opportunity to be able to beat this on the spot. Tell us how it could possibly work this fast, Robert. Well, uh, it's great to be here, Jim. Also, let me let me start off by just thanking the Abbott scientists, the manufacturing supply chain teams. They've been working 24 uh, seven to get this done and, and a lot of partnership with the FDA uh, to be able to get this done in record time. But the uh, the ID now system, which is our rapid uh, point of care molecular test, can do the test in a little five minutes. And, and the innovation is incredible. Uh, it uses molecular technology to be able to identify a very unique kind of virus genome through an amplification process. And it does it, uh, amplifying it over a billion times in this little box to be able to find that virus. And yet it's still very simple to use. You take a swab, uh, a nasal swab, uh, you put that swab into a cartridge that's got reagents and chemicals, you close the lid, you follow the instructions on the test screen, uh, on the touch screen, and you get a result in as, in, in, in as, in as, as fast as five minutes. So if I'm at a hospital and I am worried about my doctors, which is the, the frontline soldiers in this war, I am able to determine whether they are sick on the spot. Absolutely. And that's and that's been our focus, actually, uh, as we've had conversations with the administration, we've had conversations with the task force, with uh, the FDA. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations with uh, governors from different states over the weekend to be able to look at how we're going to allocate this test uh, to be able to test as many people as we can. The first priority as we roll out is our frontline workers, uh, the, the, the ER doc, the ICU nurse, uh, the police officers, frontline workers that are taking care of us. You know, we don't do PPE, but we do tests. And we want to make sure that their tests, uh, these, these, these people are safe uh, so that they can take care of us. 
All right, so Miles, I have to believe when it comes to Abbott, Abbott never stops at one thing. I have to believe that at 50,000 today, maybe it's going to be maybe 100,000 in two weeks or more than that, or a new kind of test, maybe even one we can use at home. Don't have to go to a, a car line. Don't have to have someone stick it up our nose. We look and we decide we go back to work. Is that possible, sir? It is possible. And, um, you know, I, I have to say, while we're very pleased with the performance that, that we've been able to deliver here, we've, we've launched two tests in the last couple of weeks. There's still more, and there's a need for more. We have a, a collection of technologies and formats. We've got multiple R&D teams at work. Uh, there are more tests coming. There are serology tests, um, uh, antibody tests. We're, uh, we're looking at automated versions of that and what we call a lateral flow version that's more like a pregnancy test. It's a, it's a test that doesn't require instrumentation. All of those are a matter of weeks to a couple of months away. And uh, those teams are working around the clock just like the ones who brought ID Now to us uh, worked and the ones who brought uh, the automated test on the M2000. So there are more tests coming. They're also putting a lot of effort in the organization into capacity expansion because while 50,000 a day sounds like a lot, it's not enough. And we know that. And for a while, we'll be allocating and prioritizing to high-need areas, as, as Robert's indicated. We know that, that fighting this virus and uh, being able to go back to a world that's more normal is going to require a lot of testing in the right places with rapid turnaround. And fortunately, we have multiple formats to do that with. So, yes, that's all possible. Robert, I, I, you just heard Miles say maybe get back to the way it was. Uh, when I think about the testing, it, to me, that is what's key to get people back to work. I have to believe that the president knows what you're doing, that Dr. Fauci knows what you're doing, that the FDA, FDA is so on the case to let this happen, and that this is the breakthrough we've been looking for. We had Thermo. I love Thermo. I think Roche is great. But those turnarounds are not fast enough for the American people. This is is correct well you know those are great companies also and i think we've got to look at this comprehensively without a doubt the point of care is a game changer to be able to do it in five minutes we've been in conversations as i said with the administration uh with the task force to be able to kind of deploy this in a way that allows us to test as many people as we can but as as miles said fifty thousand per day is not enough so we have to rely also on the lab instruments that are, are in the labs, in the hospitals, to be able to kind of uh, support all testing needs. And, and, and as Miles said, we, we had a, a, an approval 10 days ago for our lab instrument. Uh, that's gone very well. We've shipped over a million tests by the end of this week, and we're going to double that during the month of April, too. So we have to test, and, and, and Abbott's is definitely looking, as Miles said, across different uh, form factors, different types of testing and, and environments so that we can get there. Okay, so Robert, I know when I speak to uh, Lynch Lifer at Regeneron, when I speak to the people at Roche, when I speak to the people and, uh, and literally everybody who's involved in trying to come up with a vaccine, what I hear about is you got to have serology. I know that Miles mentioned that. Robert, explain to people how if we knew the blood, if we had the blood of people who have beaten this, what this could mean to be able to get our country back. I think it's super important. That's why we kicked off uh, four teams. The serology team is the third team. They've got the light shining on them right now. And it is very important to, for you to be able to detect. There are two antibodies that are important to detect. 
the IgM antibody, which is more of an acute antibody. It kind of pops up and then comes down after about four days. And then the IgG antibody, which lasts, it could last for about a year. So if you know uh, that for, for some reason you were infected, you got over it, uh, you now know that you've had the antibodies. Uh, and that is going to be important as we really look to, as we look to re- reopen the country. All right, so Miles, uh, you've been an unbelievable steward of a great American company. Did you ever for a minute think that this thing could beat us? You know, I think we're all properly challenged, meaning we're, we're taking it seriously. We're afraid of it, but at the same time, we're afraid of the damage it can do. Do I think it can beat us? No, I don't think it can beat us. I think the frustrating thing is the time it takes for us to come back at it. I'm, I'm excited about the announcement J&J made today, and, and I, I hope to God they can get there fast and, and that any other companies with, with uh, vaccines can too because I think we're going to need vaccines, we're going to need medicines, we're going to need a lot of things for a long time in, in order to beat it. Do I think our, our scientists will beat it? We'll beat it. And someday there will be another one that we'll have to beat. So we'll learn from this one and we'll be ready if it ever happens again. Okay, Robert, last question. When I look at Abbott and I hear that maybe there can be like a pregnancy test that Miles said, what I am envisioning is that there could be something, maybe even by the summer, where we could get tested, all of us, if we decide, you know what, I don't feel well, that we could get tested, maybe even over the counter by prescription. Because if we don't feel well, we stay at home. And if we do feel well, we go back to work and we get the country moving again. Is that a possible vision? I think that's definitely a possible vision. You know, maybe the summer might be very ambitious, but that's how we're working at it. Uh, we believe that we can scale up these these tests, and I actually believe that you know uh, we're going to have to have this COVID test you know available not just beyond this you know the summer, but maybe into the fall, uh, so that as you said, if I feel a little uh, you know that I need to get a test, I can get a test. So, Miles, tell me, uh, how's the administration handling this? Uh, Jim, I can only comment on that from the perspective of uh, the testing. And I would tell you that the, the administration has been incredibly supportive. They've acted with urgency and professionalism. Uh, I'm, in, I'm particularly impressed with, you know, frankly, all the support that's come from the White House and from the FDA. Uh, the FDA has turned cartwheels here. I've never seen anything like it in my 35 years at Abbott uh, since 1985 when the first HIV blood screening test was done. Dr. Fauci knows that. What the FDA has done here with the review and the approval of tests uh, has been phenomenal and incredibly supportive. And, uh, you know, so is the administration. So I, I have nothing but uh, positive things to say about it. There's been no obstacle here. All the companies in our industry have uh, been working 24-7 to create these tests, and we've had all the support necessary. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Miles White, outgoing CEO. Robert Ford, ingoing CEO. Abbott Labs, great to see you and best of luck. It's official. The coronavirus has created a magnificent bull market in cloud computing. Remember, I always say you got to find the bull market somewhere. Well, it is in cloud computing. I've been telling you this for weeks, but even I didn't realize the full extent of it. The full extent until I read... Microsoft's update on its Azure cloud services this weekend. And the numbers, they knocked my gold toe socks off. Listen to this. Quote, 
We have seen a 775% increase of our cloud services in regions that have enforced social distancing or shelter-in-place orders. You heard me, 775% increase. It's not just Azure. Microsoft points to a, quote, significant spike, spike, end quote, in Teams uses. That's that collaboration platform, which now has 44 million daily users. Last week, those users generated over 900 million meeting and calling minutes on the Teams platform Every day, these numbers are standing. Consider how much equipment they need to meet this kind of demand. First, you need a massive data center build up, much bigger than we have right now. We got a hint when things were uh, heating up when Micron mentioned stronger data center orders for their chips when they were on the show last week. So who benefits here? All right, besides Micron, well, you got to think about data centers. That means NVIDIA. That means AMD, which is also, by the way, making a killing in the processors for laptops. And those are flying off the shelves. Intel works, too. Same reasons. Second, we all know Zoom Video's got incredible traffic. It's part of Logitech doing well. But now I'm starting to wonder, Cisco's WebEx video collaboration business, which is roaring, I figured it wouldn't be enough to move the needle when so many of Cisco's other businesses are likely to experience slowdowns because of global GDP declines. But maybe WebEx will be big enough to offset that weakness. Back in the days when I had a radio show, we fell in love with Citrix's product for real-time stay-in-touch software. It's been a monster winner lately, as has Slack, which is just like Microsoft's Teams. But let's not bury the lead, people. We now know Microsoft's been a huge beneficiary from the lockdowns. Their Azure platform is gaining adherence, in part because retailers don't want to send business to Amazon Web Services, as it belongs to their largest competitor. Meanwhile, Microsoft's bread and butter, Windows, Outlook, Word, come installed on the vast majority of laptops and notebooks that stay-at-home workers are now getting from their employers. Their cybersecurity programs are getting better and better. I hear that Slack may actually be better than Teams, but Teams, well, let's just say it's embedded. Now, there's still one big worry for Microsoft and most other uh, tech companies. It's the broader economy. I'm expecting a major worldwide slowdown. So there's a real possibility that Microsoft's booming cloud business could get cut back if millions are laid off. However, I think the rapid-fire adoption of Microsoft's cloud platform overrides these macro concerns. Don't overthink this one. Microsoft stock is a buy. Of course, I'd like it to come down after this gigantic rally. But Microsoft, it may be the best tech stock in this market. Stay with me. We're going to get through this in one piece. We need as much help as we can get. Fortunately, a lot of businesses are stepping up. Take SAP, the huge German software company. They're offering a slew of products for free to help their customers cope with the pandemic. Software that helps companies hire external workers. Software that helps organizations procure much-needed supplies. Tools that can help managers check in on their employees who are working remotely. This is what being a good corporate citizen looks like. So let's take a closer look with Jennifer Morgan, SAP's new co-CEO. Hear more about how our company's addressing the pandemic and other things that SAP's doing. Ms. Morgan, welcome to Mad Money. Jim, thank you for having me. Okay, so Jennifer, we've been talking to Abbott Labs. Apparently you're involved with Abbott in what I think could be the game changer that gets us ahead of this illness. Jim, we are so, first of all, let me start with just a huge Thank you to all the people who are on the front lines of this pandemic. They are the true heroes and we are in their debt. And so to be able to partner with Abbott, who's an amazing customer of ours, to help them and team up around this virus is is really special. And it's an honor for us to be able to be part of that. So will you help it uh, make it so that we're uh, it, it gets where it has to go more easily? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, 
Jim, when you think about our business, what we've always done is we're listening to demand signals, supply signals, and now more than ever, sentiment. Sentiment is really, really important in a virtual world to pull all that together and make sure that we can get people what they need when they need it. Uh, speaking of sentiment, you know our country's in, tr- in trouble. Germany's in trouble. Many countries are in trouble. But uh, I think you're stepping up to the plate and making it so that your workers don't need to be afraid over the next three months. A pledge? Absolutely. So, Jim, our pledge is that there will be no significant layoffs at SAP over the next 90 days. And we're focused on on our employees and we're focused on our customers and getting through this together. And you're doing that because that's the way SAP operates. That's how we roll. All right. Now, you roll in a lot of different directions. You know about customer behavior better than anyone. You know, COVID, uh, COVID-19 response. What's it really look out there? Don't tell. I mean, I got the economists from Wall Street telling me how bad it is. But you're in the trenches. What is really going on? So two, two things I'll talk about, Jim. One is employees. You know, this world went virtual overnight. And companies were struggling to make sure that their employees were okay, that they were safe, that they're healthy, that they had the tools that they need to be productive. But that doesn't end the first week that they're home. We all know that every week it's changing really, really fast. And Qualtrics, which you know is a great company that came into the SAP family last year, and they're focused on sentiment. So one of the first things we did was we launched something called Remote Work Pulse. And we've got over 5,000 companies who jumped on board using this for free. And it's a way to really listen to what's going on with your employees, because this is changing every single day, right? right? right. It goes from connectivity to how do I work with other people at home, with my kids at home who are learning at home. And Jim, the other thing that's really interesting is when you really ask people, are they okay? What do they need? You get the real honest truth. And there's a lot of people who are alone and who are isolated at home. And so mental health is something that has to be on the mind of all companies today, because making sure your employees are healthy that they have what they need is going to be critical to anything before they can be productive. So Qualtrics is key, and we hope that many other companies will, will really take advantage of this offer. Jim, we've seen a spike of about, you know, in the triple digits of companies who are really launching these pulses, which is essentially a listening survey. Because rather than react to what happened yesterday, you have to really prepare for what does the world look like tomorrow and what are employees going to need tomorrow. So that's a big part of what we're doing with Qualtrics. Okay, you bought one of our favorite companies, Concur, which we use and everybody uses because it's the best. Uh, What is that showing, by the way, about travel? Has travel just ended? So it it shows what you would think, Jim. I mean, we're not traveling really right now. But I'll tell you what's been great about it is um, Concur has something called Locate. And a lot of companies, when all these travel mandates went in place in a time of emergency, were very were able to very quickly locate their employees and make sure that they got home safely. And that's a big part of what Concur does as well. Concur also manages and and helps employees um, with their spend. So when you look at some of the trends that we're seeing in spend, they're what you would expect. Work is still happening. People are still spending. Employees are still expensing. But it's just a little bit different. It looks a little bit different. We see over in China, we see that picking up a little bit more based on what we were seeing uh, with those customers using Concur back in January. So it does give us those leading indicators. It's an incredible network of information. And also, you know, you touched on this incredible source of, of information. Ariba is another source. You know, we have a big network. If you think about Ariba and that network, it is basically the business version of eBay or Amazon. 
We've got about four and a half million companies, buyers and suppliers, who transact about just about three trillion in commerce. And so at a time like this, you know, as I've talked to other CEOs out there, the number one thing that they're focused on is new networks of supply. Where can I get new sources of supply? Last week, we opened that up to the world to use a read the discovery for free so that we can bring together the demand and the supply. We had a construction company who was trying to repurpose a building to become a hospital and needed beds, couldn't find them. We connected them with another supplier and within 30 minutes, they were able to get the 500 beds that they needed. And the stories are on and on, but this is what we're doing. And this is how a company like ours, which is blessed to have a great business, can bring that to the world in new ways. Your company's also been opportunistic. Uh, there'll be companies that the stocks will be down, but the companies aren't. The companies are doing well. And you seized on that. Is this a time or do you have to wait till COVID's conquered that SAP can be looking around trying to figure out what your next move is? Jim, we've got a great portfolio. You know, we have a great portfolio and we're just getting started with new combinations in that portfolio. And so I'm, I'm very confident with the, the combination of the, all the solutions we have right now. Many customers maybe just run one or two of our solutions and have the opportunity to take advantage of others. And really now is a time for us to just be there for our customers. No strings attached. Make sure that we bring the best of SAP to them because this is what we do. We connect demand and supply. We bring in the sentiment and we help companies run really effectively. And a lot of times we're not talking about these things because they just work in business. It, It seems boring. But in a time like this, Jim, it's pretty important. Well, our good friend Bill McDermott, uh, your predecessor, now at ServiceNow, tells me that one thing I should know about you, you are about as competitive as it comes. How's the competitive landscape? You know, it's what is beautiful about a time like this, Jim, is it's really great to see companies coming together regardless of whether they compete. And that's what I love. And that's the spirit I love in a time like this and that it brings out the best in everybody, individuals, teams, and companies. From a competitive perspective, we feel good about our portfolio. You know, a time like this reminds us um, that our portfolio is very vast, very rich, and sustainably relevant, right? It solves business problems, and this is something we're really proud of. We have great partnerships with a lot of the other technology companies that are out there today, and we'll continue to do that. But yes, we'll always remain competitive because that's where success comes from. All right. You've got a great spirit. I thank you so much for uh, coming on, on Mad Money. It's great to meet you. Jennifer Morgan, co-CEO of you, SAP. Thank you. Mad Money's back after the break. We are trying to make sense of things for you here tonight in the face of this incredibly difficult but panicky tape. I like to buy hysteria, not sell it. I like to buy panic not sell it. We don't advocate panic because it's not a strategy. There are two kinds of companies in the blast The ones that are at risk and the ones that are really at risk. What bounces best? That's what you must be thinking about at this point. What a day. We have your back and we'll get through this together. It is time. It's time for the and then the lighting round is over. Are you ready? Ski dead over the light round. Come on, we start with Peter in Colorado. Peter, booyah, Kramer. Booyah, Peter. Out here in Colorado, we see a very, very high demand for great ski mountain operations. What do you think of Vail Resorts? 
I'm going to have to take a pass on that one because I do think that that is still uh, regarded as being a, a place that where people can get sick. Let's just put it that way. Maybe it's not true, but that's what I understand. Let's go to Dio in Minnesota. Dio. Yes, Kramer. Yeah. Uh, my question is that uh, I want to know if um, if uh, general dynamic stock is a good time to buy. Now. You do want to buy defense stocks right here, right now, but I prefer you to be in L3 Harris, which has come all the way down from 230 to 181, down 50. It's time to buy. Let's go to Stephen in New York. Stephen. Hello, Professor Kramer. Oh, and thanks yeah, what's for bring, up? Thanks for bringing a ray of light to this dome of darkness we are living in now. Trying to I do my best. I have always been a fan of Henry Shine, HSIC, and Thursday, Shine announced the availability of an antibody rapid blood test, stating the test delivers results within 15 minutes with a pinprick, and they anticipate having at least several hundred thousand tests available this week and significantly more beginning in April. How will this news affect the share price, knowing that so many dental offices are closed due to the current mandate, which could bring Henry Schein dental sales to a halt? Stock is still too high. Company did speak on our network today. It's good that they're doing that. But at the same time, I've got to tell you, it sells at 14 times earnings and its business is slow and slow and slow. I'm going to say no. Let's go to Damon, Damon in Pennsylvania. Damon. Kramer, booyah. Booyah. Congrats on 15 years. My Thank you. Remember is, that? Jeez, that pant, that came and went. What's going on? Yeah, I'm wondering with um, some government uh, making cannabis an essential and people stockpiling, if your view has changed on Tilray. No. Let's go to uh, Mert in California. Mert. Hey, how are you doing? Good to be better, Mert. How about you? Good, good. I'm just a... Uh, New investor and a new listener, and I just want to say booyah. Booyah! Why not? What's up? <laughs> um, I just uh, bought Caesar stock uh, when it was down around $4 a share, and my feeling was that it was just going to keep going down, but it's going up, and I'm just wondering do the insiders know something that I don't know? What's the stock? Caesar's? Yeah, insiders don't really. Well, maybe they know. I mean, unless they know of a cure, which they don't. So um, I don't know anything about. Let's go to Matthew in New York. Matthew. Hey, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Love the show. Uh, talking to you from my shelter in place in Midtown Manhattan. All right. Which is which is arguably the capital of the traditional ad agency. Totally. So I'd like your thoughts on yeah, I'd like your thoughts on advertising holding company Omnicom Group. Omnicon is gonna end up being the winner in this group. A lot of other companies aren't even gonna make it. So I think that this is one of those last man standing situations that I really, really like. Let's and you get that nice yield. Let's go to Barb in Illinois. Barb Hi. I have an offer from Xerox to acquire my shares of HD stock for cash or Xerox stock or a combination of cash and a couple hundred shares of Xerox stock, or I can just keep my shares of HT. Considering the fundamentals of each company and my age, which is 63, would you recommend owning either HP or Xerox? I I would not not touch Xerox. Their whole thing, their hostile thing. That was very unappealing and ill-advised. I do like HP, Q, because they have a good business getting better, particularly because so many people are doing things remotely. And remotely means you need HP, Q, you need Hewlett-Packard notebooks. And that, ladies and gentlemen, the conclusion of the 
Lightning Round! The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. We know this pandemic's been terrible for the economy as a whole. Some people think it's wrecked it. As I mentioned earlier, it's been terrific for the stay-at-home economy. The software companies allow you to work remotely are practically coining money. They're like the guys who made fortunes selling picks and shovels during the California gold rush. Take Cloudflare, which, break, which provides a broad range of network services to companies all over the globe, making them more secure, enhancing the performance of business-critical applications, and rolling a, a, a bunch of different content delivery services into a single platform. We just had these guys on February 19th. That was right at the peak. But since then, Cloudflare stock has rallied 33%. They're essential to the stay-at-home economy because businesses rely on their software to ensure their networks are running smoothly. And if, the, if we're still understanding the scale of this opportunity, the stock could have even more to run. Don't take it from me. Let's dig deeper with Matthew Prince. He's the co-founder and CEO of Cloudflare to learn more about how his company's helping us cope with this pandemic. Mr. Prince, welcome back to Mad Money. Thanks for having me on, Jim. You know, I've got to tell you, Matt, but a lot of people feel the only real company that's doing well in this environment is Zoom. The fact is, is that Cloudflare, this is a time that we all need you. If we're going to be working at home, don't we have to work with Cloudflare? What, you know, I think that the real heroes of what's going on are obviously the, the people that are responding to this on the front lines, the medical professionals, the scientists that are working on a cure. But the, the reliable sidekick uh, for all of this has been the Internet and specifically the cloud. And so I think companies like Zoom, companies like Cloudflare, as we help companies make sure they can continue to work, you know, we're incredibly proud of the, the role that we're playing today. But one thing's for certain, the Internet was not built for what it has to handle right now. And you recognize that most of the companies I deal with are accepting the Internet as it is. You have a different view of what the Internet can be. Well, I think that, you know, the Internet was really designed to deal with a different type of crisis. If you look back to the original days that it was designed around how do you make a communication network that could survive a nuclear war, literally, I think that that original design has gotten us a long way. But over the last 10 years, what we've done at Cloudflare is help build a better Internet. And I think that that is why our companies, the people who rely on us every day, are able to weather whatever this crisis is throwing at us. And we're seeing, you know, incredible volumes across the Internet. But I think it's pretty amazing. You can't imagine another public utility that if it's doubled its usage, which is what we're seeing around the world, that it would continue to function. And yet, you know, I I think that that's that's the case. And I think Cloudflare and I'm really proud of our entire team as as playing one small part in helping make sure that happens. Well, you're growing uh, millions of customers, a couple million customers. What I want to know is uh, if Akamai, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, Cloudflare, why Cloudflare? Why do I go Cloudflare? You know, I think that the real thing that's valuable about us is that we provide one global network where we've been able to continue to scale to meet the needs that our customers have. And so if you look over the course of just the last week, I've been incredibly proud of the fact that we've been able to onboard one of the largest medical providers in the world where we have almost 20,000 of their employees that are now relying on their, our network in order to be able to work remotely. One of the largest telemedicine providers in the world 
is using Cloudflare in order to make sure that their physicians are able to work remotely around the world. And we have one independent network that is allowing us to scale and actually accelerate the rate that these these companies are able to get their their business done. And and again, I'm incredibly proud of our team, and we're proud of the fact that we're able to help these companies continue to do their work even in this crisis. Okay, so let's go back to one of those uh, telemedicine, which we think is here to stay. So in other words, when I use one of these telemedicine providers, what I really am hooking into is the Cloudflare network? Well, what's happening is typically these providers have had to work from their clinics. And when they do that, they have different regulatory and compliance requirements that ensure that they have to be able to keep the data on their patients secure. Now, as all these providers are having to work from home, they don't have that same ability to access their systems. They're not working from within that secured environment. So what Cloudflare allows is people to tap into our network, get that same sort of secured environment, and be able to work from home. And so for someone like a telemedicine provider, it's helped them stay online and be able to continue to serve patients. Now I get it. Okay, now, one of the things that you guys are famous for is elections. There are a lot of people who are worried that there may not be a traditional election in November in this country. What do you have to say? You know, I I think it's something where, you know, we really think that we have a public duty to do what we can to ensure that the critical functions of our society continue to work. And so we continue to work with state, local and federal officials in order to ensure that any of the election systems that are up and running can be secured from what is increased amounts of threats that are happening during this perilous time. And so, you know, I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we, were, we stand ready to provide our services to any governments anywhere in this country that need help making sure that their election infrastructure stands up and that we can have a free and fair election. Well, this question, I see that LabCorp is a client. LabCorp is at the front lines of trying to get testing done for COVID. What do you do to help them so that uh, we get the quickest and most accurate testing from LabCorp? Well, fundamentally, what we do is we make sure that they're whenever they have to rely on a network, whether that's their employees getting work done or their their systems where people fill out uh, requests for lab testing, that that stays reliable and that it stays up and, and available throughout this. And so where you see different medical systems, different physicians that are, that are needing to be reliable, we are the company that's helping make sure that the network works the way we all need it to work. And again, I think that that the, the Internet is going to be one, going to come out of one of the real heroes of this crisis. And, and again, we're really proud of the small role that we're playing in, in making sure that's the case. Well, you're playing a larger role than you think. You're a humble man. That's Matthew Prince, CEO of, of Cloudflare and a terrific stock. Remember, huge outperformer even since the top of the market. They have money's back after the break. You know, got a great lightning round question about uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. It's painful. Uh, there was they have a lot of cash. They got a new management team, but it, they're brick and mortar, and almost everything that's brick and mortar may not come out on the other side unless it's a big box retailer that has a great balance sheet. The world is really changing and changing very fast. And when you see excellent outfits like like RH, you know, Restoration Hardware, have so many of their stores closed, you say, wow, well, they can make it. We know they can. They've got good capital. They've got a good debt plan. 
But most of them, maybe they just don't make it. When we get Al on the other side, thank you to Abbott Labs and J&J for helping us get there. And, of course, to all the workers everywhere who are fighting this battle. A lot of the retailers that you see will go the way of the ones Woolworths, of Grants, Montgomery Ward. That's what's going to happen. Well, I just say there's always a bull market somewhere. I promise I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. Our special markets internal hosted by Andrew Ross Sorkin starts right now.